0: Hello, hello, good morning, welcome to the NCT 20 betting show. Uh, We're up early to record today, busy day after this, so making sure we get out a betting show ahead of the weekend docket across the EFL, specifically the championship. I think George might have something to say about Monday night's League One playoff final as well. Oxford United against Wickham, of course, Monday, 7.30 kickoff. George, this is basically the last weekend of the of this part of your life. And from Monday, your life will change. Whether Oxford win or not, you will have experienced a, uh, a playoff final as a fan. I know that you've had one in the conference before, but this is different gravy. How, how are you getting on? Are you looking forward to the weekend? What are you doing this weekend? Are you looking forward to Monday? Talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Returning
1: to London on, on Monday after three weeks in the wilderness of, of Lincolnshire um, at the in-laws or the future in-laws, I should say. Has it only been three um, weeks? I thought you'd been there for about three yeah. months it's three weeks today three weeks today wow um how long ago that first week of uh, of heat wave feels a long time ago <laughs> but um yeah looking forward to coming back and kind of straight into the frying pan really straight <laughs> in mon- m- monday morning to you for the first podcast we're gonna do in person mm-hmm. for about five years and then on the golf course for the first round of golf for about three yeah. weeks and then we'll be watching it together on Monday evening with a couple of members of my family as well. So it's going to be a love. I mean, Mondays don't come much better, I must say. Um, I guess Tuesday will either be very good with a sore head or very
0: bad, hopefully, maybe with a sore head as well. But we'll see. I reckon since you went up to Lincolnshire and haven't played golf since then, I reckon I might have played double-figure rounds of golf. So I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping that I might get a rare win on, on Monday when we play. Uh, just a reminder before we get into our weekend picks that this podcast is for over-18s only. We would ask as well that anyone who's thinking of having a bet this weekend, uh, be gamble-aware. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. And head to begambleaware.org for details uh, of the risks that come with gambling. Um, last week, George, I mean we will get the bad stuff out of the way first. Uh, a blank for your good self. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it, was the, it was the week where teams in the relegation zone decided that they weren't Brazil 1970, but actually teams in the relegation zone. Um, and your leads to nil pick, sadly, also not a winner. Not many of my goal scorers scored. Anthony Knockart hit a post for Fulham at nil-nil. No luck. The other two didn't score. But Jake Cooper, Jake Cooper of Millwall, you told me before this that I should have my own podcast where I just talk about Jake Cooper, and it's not your worst idea, um, <laughs> if I may. I think you've already got it. Just give me, th- just give me a minute on this, because uh, this is my best ever moment on this show. Having researched set pieces and centre back shots and XG data, having researched Jake Cooper's height compared to every other player in the league having used in my justification for the pick phrases like first contact and set piece xg and uh, you know screens and all this sort of stuff and then late on in a game against charlton where millwall are struggling to create both from open play and from set pieces cooper plays a pass around the halfway line and he just keeps going he thinks he's chris basham or jack o'connell and he just keeps going all the way into the box, into the six-yard box, where he times his run perfectly to slam home a rebound. It's not at all how I drew it up, and therefore I'm not sure how much credit (laughs) I can take for it. But it was a 40-1 to winner. I'm a bit annoyed because it was the third week in a row I'd mentioned it, and because I found something else, I only gave it half a point. That's quite annoying, but it was still the happiest moment of 2020 for sure. I was watching Giri Hadji at the time, not Millwall uh, Charlton. Although the level of violence in both, it was probably similar. And um, my phone just started going crazy. And I must admit, for a Friday night piece of entertainment, that, that really was right up there. So I was pretty excited about that. I mean, interestingly, Giri Haji, uh, Japanese show, it means duty and shame. And that summed up my dilemma quite well last week because I knew that Jake Cooper being 40-1 to, to score first in any game was wrong and felt i had a duty to you and the listeners to keep mentioning it but I, the shame of repeating it each week without it winning was getting to me and i'm not sure how many more weeks i would have mentioned it so thankfully uh, leaning towards duty and away from shame meant that we we got a 40 to 1 winner on this pod and just to leave jake cooper behind now i'd like to mention that his prices with major firms this weekend to score first in millwall's game against hull 16 to 1 16 to 1 22 to 1 24 to 1 19 to 1 22 to 1 so I'd say we've got some value there. Um, value. And that's what we're after. Let's get into this week's pick. Uh, what do you think about this weekend's championship slate? Away, away, away is what I'm going for. Oh, away nice. wins. Yeah,
1: I, I there are three away teams that I quite like the look of today. Should I give you my nap? Yeah, yeah I'd okay, love fine. to hear
0: about at least Normally one you say,
1: what is your nap? And I say, okay, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a creature of habit here. I can't think for myself.
0: George, uh, what
1: is your nap? interesting you asked me that i wasn't expecting it um the the nap comes i'm basically this weekend getting against quite a few teams i really like which is probably a good thing um because you know that that pesky bias that i always show is being um, moved to one side but it's barnsley against wigan and i am backing wigan at 19 to 10 currently best price with Skybet. um and the reason for this is just that I think Wigan despite everything that's going on despite obvious cause for um their performances to drop off cause for players maybe to not be putting in um the level that we saw previously I think they're still very good I think that they're still they're probably here being priced up I mean this is a proper relegation six pointer where Barnsley are chalked up as favourites, and I just don't really think that's that's the case. Despite their perceived home advantage, um, we can I think we can just write off that Brentford Wigan result. For you know, we 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 take the you know the circumstantial reasons for that. It, it came a couple of days after pretty groundbreaking news at Wigan. You have players who are probably not aware of their future and what their future held at the time, whether they're going to get paid. But even if you just take all of that out, if you if you take all of that um, circumstantial reasoning for a poor, poor performance, being beaten by Brentford 3-0 at Griffin Park is is it's no disaster. It's no travesty. It's a result in isolation against the best team in the division since the restart. And um, if you put a line through that, then this whole run of, from basically January is remains intact. If you take out the, the three Brentford goals, their run of clean sheets extends to eight. It's now eight clean sheets in nine games. Against QPR, they won the game one nil, but they were really good value for that win, oh. and easily could have could have won that by a couple more goals. With, with Low and Moore particularly looking really lively, and they didn't look like a side who had down tools. They didn't look like a side who um, who had been really knocked by what was going on. If anything they looked like a side, as Paul Cook promised, who had been lifted by the management again in order to ensure that, you know, the this the injustice of being treated so poorly by a by an owner, a new owner, doesn't have the negative impact on the club for next season and the fans going forward. So I think if anything, it looked to me in midweek like they'd rallied. That they're up against the Barnes who put in two well, one very poor performance at Stoke. And that Stoke loss 4-0 doesn't look any better now, given what we saw yesterday with Stoke putting in another terrible performance um, against Leeds, losing that game 5-0. Uh, Gerhard Struber, the manager, is somebody I've got a lot, a lot of time for. And, mm. I, and I really think that if if and when Barnsley do get relegated, I, I think that they should be the rightful. I mean, if I was to chalk up my um, prices for League One next season, I'd have Barnsley at the top of the tree. I don't think they will will be. I think we're probably going to see Ipswich and Sunderland there again, which is fantastic news. Um, But I would have Barnsley right at the top because I have a feeling that this summer and under Struber, they're going to improve again. And we saw what happened and how strong they were when they came down last time. But I just think they're coming up against a side who at the moment are playing at least top half championship level football, possibly kind of top seven, top eight level football. Mm. Um, and it's a and it's a, a just a, a big old game. I, I think Wigan are the more likely winners of the two. I know that Struber felt that Barnsley deserved more than just a point at Kenilworth Road last time. But looking at the XG data since the break, Luton, despite good performances or so good results under better results under Nathan Jones, they are, uh, sit at the foot of that table. Um, doesn't help obviously playing um, playing Leeds, but yeah, I. I, I I just think that Wigan are a value here and strong value at 19 to 10 to uh, to take the three points.
0: Yeah, pretty hard to disagree with that. We've said it before, but I think it's worth saying again. Uh, since the 1st of January 2020, Wigan, 17 games, 10 of them wins, three draws and, and four defeats. So that's 33 points from 17 games. Only Brentford have a better record in that time. Uh, it's an absolutely magnificent Turnaround even before what happened last week, uh, and as you've said, that has only served to motivate them more. Like, if 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 the administration hadn't happened, Wigan would have been easily safe by now. And mm. from 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 a betting perspective, and I realise this is taking out the seriousness and the sentiment of the situation, you'd say like it's served to motivate them more for these last few games because they do need to pick up points if the uh, points deduction is going to be applied. So, um, you know, that extra motivation is certainly not going to hurt if you're uh, if you're picking Wigan to win this one. Um, yeah, I like that. My nap is a... It's actually not a goal scorer for the first time in a few weeks. I. Yay. I am... Um, yeah, there was just one bit... I'm, I am definitely not missing the the sort of match result market in general, especially when there's only 12 games to choose from. Um. Uh, but but this is another away team, and you mentioned them there. It is Luton. They've had a really miserable week. Um, completely chucked one in against Reading, didn't they, last weekend? Lost 5-0. The 1-0 draw with Barnsley was fine in midweek. Not that impressive, and, and you really felt like they, they did need a win. But it's not all over yet. Um, they're away at Huddersfield. I, my instinct with this pick was, first and foremost, I don't think Huddersfield have done nearly enough to justify being under even money for for a league game at the moment. Um, their post-COVID form has been pretty up and down, but I just don't think that... I don't think there's basically any team in this league that I would back Huddersfield at, at less than even money with. So I'm going to take instead Luton double chance, so I get the draw and Luton win, uh, which is even money with will hill and bet victor that's gonna be my nap this week um a couple of things that sort of gave me more confidence when i thought about it luton's two poor performances in the last week came at home Their their good performances under jones and since the restart have come away from home really good strong away performances at swansea uh, and at leeds to an extent as well where they got a draw uh, albeit like a lot of teams who have got points at ellen road they they Probably would have been at the end of a thrashing had there been better finishing against them. But the obvious positive of Nathan Jones's regime so far, short re-regime, if you will, uh, is is the the defensive structure away from home and the sort of counter-attacking style that they've played in those games. And it also links quite well with something that Huddersfield hate, which is when the onus is on them, when they will have, I would imagine, the lion's share of possession. Uh, that's when they really struggled. The 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 results, the last three times they've had more possession than the opposition, 63% against Reading, they drew 0-0, they looked insipid, out of ideas, 57% against Forest they had and they lost 3-1, 64% against Wigan who just completely out tacticed them and won 2-0 in transition. I think Luton can do something similar here um, and I'm going to add my next pick in with this as well. Um Harry Cornick is 11-1 to 1 to score the first goal in this game with Bet365. Each way terms as well, which everyone knows by now that I, I like. He came off the bench against Barnsley in midweek. So a bit like with Adam Armstrong the other week, that, that concerns me slightly. But I think that was more to do with rotation, the fact that he'd played so many games before that, than being dropped. I think Cornick comes back into this team. And if they're going to play with the game plan that I expect, looking to to hit Huddersfield on the counter, to draw them onto them, and then spring on the counter. Cornick is their main threat. Um, he has shown, certainly with that goal against Leeds, but many times, that in terms of just getting through and teammates finding him and having one-on-ones there aren't many players in the league that have as many one-on-ones as Cornick. so i'm hoping that that he can do the business for me at 11 to 1 i also noticed that he's actually scored more non-penalty goals than james collins this season so take pens out of it he's been luton's top goal scorer he's really grown into the season and that finish against leeds was sublime so i'm hoping for more of the same my first two picks there, quite luton based Double chance at even money with Will Hill and Bet Victor, So I get the draw and the Luton win in this game against Huddersfield. I'm also going to back Harry Cornick, first goal scorer, 11-1 to with 3.65. So there you go. Next up. Yeah.
1: Well, we're actually going to stay on this game. Oh, my because God. Because I have got my bonus selection in this game too. So people who are used to deciding tips one by one are going to, panic here because it's all up in the air but um, get the
0: notepad out yeah we will make sure we run through them at the end of the pod so don't worry Uh, too much
1: Huddersfield Luton um people regular listeners might remember that earlier this season there was a run of games where Stevenage just basically kept drawing nil-nil and then I was like well I keep drawing nil-nil so I'm going to tip up nil-nil and then they drew nil-nil and we were all very happy and this is down that line where I guess I like betting theory could go two ways. Huddersfield have drawn two games in a row, nil-nil. So there will be people out there who say, because obviously the, you know, the expected goals of those games, although Huddersfield Preston nearly was a nil-nil expected goals. But, you know, <laughs> eventually there are going to be goals. But in my opinion, knowing what I know about these two teams, Huddersfield have two managers in, well, a manager in Danny Cowley and his brother, Nicky, who are so known for their kind of marginal gains and their determination to maximize those to the extent that even like Gareth Southgate was going and having basically set piece tutorials with the Cowley brothers when they were Lincoln managers. And it just strikes me as they probably looked after, you know, after the forest loss, they probably looked at the table and thought to themselves like, right, basically we're in a bit of trouble here. We're in 20 seconds. If we just keep like five clean sheets, between now and the end of the season, we're going to stay up. It doesn't really matter what we do going forward. All we have to do, if we just don't concede goals anymore, (laughs) if we just, all we think about is just concentrate on, is just being solid, then we're not going to, we don't have to worry about going forward. All we have to do is just keep the ball out of the net. And if one of
0: the other teams above us gets a 12-point deduction, that will help as well.
1: Then that is massive. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they've drawn the two games nil-nil. As I say, the Preston game was supposedly, for those who watched the full 90 minutes, one of the worst games in the history of the world. I don't think Tuesday night was much better against Reading. And it, it's working. They've worked out a way. I think if you look at their last kind of nine games, only one BTTS has landed in those nine games, showing that, you know, basically, at one end of the pitch, one team isn't getting much joy. They're coming up against the Luton side, who, as I mentioned, just something around in fortunes on the pitch. Their XG ratio is the worst in the league. They're not really offering much going forward whatsoever. And I just looked at prices expecting, you know, the way that your Jake Cooper, you know, 40 to one, he scores suddenly into 16s. I just thought two nil-nils in a row. The goal line is going to be massively down. And it's not. You've got nine to one, no goal scorer here. So if it had been six to one, I probably would have left it. But I just think this is one of those weird quirks where maybe Huddersfield are aside side now who just... Yeah, we're not having it going forward. We're, we're just going to keep you out of the back. Nine to one seems fair value for me. I'll probably be backing under one and a half goals as well. So you're covering the one nil to either side. Um, but as the tip, it's, uh, it's it's no goal scorer.
0: I'm just trying to work out as you go, what would now be the horrendous scoreline and goal scorer in this game, given that I've picked Luton double chance and Cornick first goal scorer. You've picked no goal scorer, essentially a nil did, nil and, and Hudders- under 1.5 so basically 2-0 Huds
1: 2-0 3-0 4-0 5-0 Huds yeah <laughs> the, the, the more goals the worse for me although well, having said that I, I would prefer even if Huddersfield win 5-0 at least I've got the clean sheet thing right so
0: <laughs> well I mean we've just given probably the listeners the actual pick which is Huddersfield minus one based on everything we think so far um right where am I going next I feel like I've already given quite a few picks yeah I think um is it one more? No, I've got two more. Um, I've got two more too. I'm I'm essentially at this point a Millwall fan, I realise. No one likes you gonna me. You're going to talk
1: about Jake Cooper again. I'm oh, not right. going to
0: talk about J- Jake Cooper again. No one likes me. I don't care. Uh, that's what I would say if I was a Millwall fan. But actually, I do care what people think about me. I wish I didn't, but I do. So I can't be a fully-fledged Millwall fan. But what I mean by that is because of Jake, right, I think I've watched more Millwall than anyone else than any other team, not than any other person since um since, since the restart, which, you know, for entertainment purposes, hasn't been necessarily that great. They have been struggling to create from open play, it's fair to say. But when you've backed someone, one of their defenders' first goal scorer, it's absolute carnage because every time they win a set piece, the charge of the light brigade up into the box. Anyway, I'm not going to pick Jake Cooper anymore because they've slashed him, but I am going to pick Murray Wallace, who I went with half a point last week. Same things apply. Uh, Millwall are playing Hull this weekend. Do I don't have a huge amount of confidence in Hull defending set pieces. And I don't think that's particularly rude, a big statement to say. Um, all of the same points as Cooper still apply to Murray Wallace at 70-1, to 1, except he's not as tall. But <laughs> let me just remind people, Millwall second in the league for XG per 90 created from set pieces over the season. Interestingly, Leeds are first. I don't think their fans would expect that. Leeds are first for XG per Created, had uh, created from set pieces. Stoke are third and Brentford are fourth. I guess Brentford's has been improving a lot over the last few months. So by the end of the season, they might be up there. Um, but as someone who's watched maybe every Millwall set piece since the restart, what I've noticed, as much as I'm thrilled that Jake got that first goal, is that Cooper is often the one that takes at least the opposition's main defender Or maybe even two of them out of the equation and often it's wallace who's who is the target here um he's one of those blokes who just will put his head on absolutely anything which i love he's had a couple of really good chances since the restart already i think i'm not entirely sure why the bookies think that he's a 71 shot uh 70 to one shot but while he is 70 to one i'm gonna probably keep mentioning it he also played left i don't think they'll play uh five at the back this weekend But in midweek, he played left wing back against Middlesbrough. And when the ball was worked down the right side with Romeo or Jed Wallace, even from open play, Wallace was galloping into the box back stick to try and get on the end of crosses. So if he plays left wing back, there's a chance from open play, especially with Romeo's uh, when Romeo gets down the side. From set pieces, I think he's a massive target. Um, so, I'm going big on Murray Wallace this week, 70 to 1. Imagine, imagine. I'm probably not going to mention him every single week like I did with Cooper. But then again, if I think 70 to 1 is ridiculous value, I'll probably will. So, there you go. Uh, Murray Wallace, 70 to 1, first goal scorer, Millwall against Hull this weekend. That is my next pick. What about you? Another away team, I imagine.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a side that you can't normally back because they're normally too short, but I'm backing Brentford at Derby. Um, similarly to your. Um, you're watching of Millwall I've been watching a lot of Derby recently <laughs> yes you have partly because partly because I'm smitten partly because they're always on TV partly because I like Wayne Rooney um, but and I've partly because I might have backed them to finish in the top six um, and it's hard not to have been pretty disappointed um, if you're if you're somebody watching their games willing them to win Against Forest, they were second best. They easily could have been two or three goals down by the time if Lewis Graben had, had kind of finished with his usual... Um, was as clinical as he usually is. And they, they grabbed a point late on. Against West Brom, they were very much second best. Um, I, I do... I, th- I think your assessment of the game was maybe a little bit harsh I still think they were fairly good in possession at times but in, in not very dangerous areas and I think never before has it been so clear that they were lacking a mobile striker um, it kind of reminded me sometimes of watching Fulham with Mitro up top where you've got Chris Martin who is to all intents and purposes a, a target man playing for a team who have possession high who doesn't really hold the ball particularly well well they don't really look to play it into feet that's the thing as opposed to someone like Waghorn, who can run the channels and drag defenders out of position. Um, and it was just fairly stale. There was a reliance on basically on Holmes or Sibley to pick up the ball kind of in the middle third and carry it into the final third, which just isn't particularly... Um... I, d- I don't want to
0: be a knob, but you said my you said my um, analysis of the game was harsh. And then you've said they didn't do anything in dangerous areas and that they were stale. <laughs>
1: But more, you said, I think your words in the text to me were like, they're absolutely terrible, which I think was just a little bit harsh, But um, because there was some good aspect of it. But you have to give West Brom credit as well, because they, as we know, they can be. They were very solid at the back. Um, So yeah, disappointment um, watching Derby there. They're still going to be without Waghorn. I think Lawrence is back. Yeah. Um, But it's not really about them. It's about Brentford, who are just every inch you know, at the, the moment, just a winning machine. They suffered a, you know, Thomas Frank, when I, when I was on Five Live on on Tuesday, I think it was, um, I was preceded by an interview with Thomas Frank, so I was listening before, and he kind of summed it up. He was like, you know, we, we had difficulty today, we had our problems, but actually, you know, we have so many ways we can hurt a team, and when it came down to it, it was a set piece, and we're really good at them, and we were able to get through that way. And that's just it. You, you Normally, we talk about sides being... Know, set piece specialists and things like that. The way we talk about Warrick side, the way we talk about Millwall, but Brentford are like a, a, a an incredibly effective attacking football team, who also have the best defence in the league, and who are also one of the best at set pieces in the league. They have so many different ways of hurting you. And having seen, in my opinion, two lesser teams in their current guises in Forest and Albion, both dominate the game against Derby. I, I find it very hard to believe that this isn't going to follow the same suit. And you know, Brentford aren't normally backable on on this market because they're normally so short. Um, there are obviously other ways you can try and get around it with kind of goal lines alongside them. But I, I think, I mean, it was 10 to 11 when I was doing my my research this morning. It's now kind of five to six. But yeah, I'm, I'm all over it. I think Brentford are a, a, a great value there to win. And and just in terms of the the stakes and stuff as well. I mean, this is another game where Brentford need to win in order to keep the pressure on, need to win to keep their chances alive. They've had that situation five times and they've won all five. So (laughs) it strikes me they're pretty cosy when the stakes are high.
0: Yeah, spot on. Uh, My last pick, uh, a quick one, is... um... Jason Pierce to score first for Charlton this weekend. Uh, Charlton are playing against Reading, so it's a, it's another centre back first goal scorer pick. Apologies if you don't like these, but after a, after a forty to one winner last week, I thought I would spread myself uh, this week, so I'm not just backing Millwall defenders every single week. Um, and it's Jason Pierce. He is the centre back for Charlton Athletic. Go on. I mean, have you, didn't he used to play for Millwall? Pro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you thinking of Alex Pierce? I don't know. What, uh, yeah, yeah. what no, is no, Jason? What is Jason Pierce's career history? What is Jason Pierce? Thirty-two year old. Uh, he's a great leader. He scored in their first game back, didn't he? Against Hull, that one-nil win from a set piece. They then won another game from a set piece. We've banged. We've given Johnny Jackson a lot of credit for that, as he is their set piece guru. And um, i I'm, I'm. I basically think that Charlton Reading is unlikely to be a high-scoring game. Uh, I know that Reading put five past Luton the other week. I think that Charlton are less likely to just completely fold like a pack of cards and let Yaku Meite, uh you know, give him five major chances in the first hour of a football match. So I'm expecting this, like a lot of Charlton games recently, to be on the margins. And I think that um, Lee Boyer was tearing his hair out the other day. He said something like, I just can't understand why we don't score from open play. Um, they then did score from open play, in fairness, in midweek against Charles, uh, against Brentford. But um, I think, you know, it, they are a team whose major threat, since the restart, anyway, has been JJ's clever uh, set-piece routine. So, Jason Pierce, yes. Uh, why him? Well, great question. One I'm glad I asked, uh, because since the restart no center back in the championship has a higher expected goals uh, in the five games since the restart he's obviously already notched one uh, if i don't want to give everything away but patrick bauer is the other one uh, him and jason pierce have been the biggest threat center back wise from set pieces so far so uh, always worth a look bauer but this week i'm picking pierce because i think 40 to 1 is very very pleasant uh, in a game that i expect to be played on the margins get on jason pierce uh, of charlton let's see if we can make it back to back Mega wins. Imagine that. Uh, have you got one more, Georgia? Is that it for you? You've definitely got something to say about got, um League One. League
1: One. Yeah, I've got, I've got a quick one before I do that. Um It's just, I just fancy Forrest to beat Preston. Okay. Shall, should I give any? Just yeah, I mean, no. a little,
0: just a, <laughs> a, 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 a smidgen of justification would be great.
1: Yeah, it's like nine to five, um Whoa. 19 to 10. So just shy of two to one. It, it just seems the kind of perfect stylistic matchup for Forest. Um Sabri Lamouchi was quite clearly very, very angry after the for- after the Fulham performance. But they come up against a side here who press high, leave space in behind. Um and It'll be a classic Forest away performance, I reckon. They'll just sit deep, soak up the pressure and then look to get the ball into Lolly's feet with space to run into. They'll look um, for Graben to kind of get him behind the defence and set himself up for chances. Running on to goal, we've seen them do it so many times this season. um, And despite Preston finally getting a win under their belts on midweek, I don't think there's any reason to think that's going to spark some kind of huge turnaround. Um, So again, they're kind of similar prices to the Barnsley-Wigan game and... I'm just surprised that Preston has seen to be the likely winner here. Um, I think the Forest probably are. And in Monday, Monday, seven thirty kickoff, Oxford against Wickham. I often think with fans, you know, when you know your club inside out and you know what the lineup's gonna be and you know how things are gonna go, it's often um, pretty beneficial for goal scoring markets. And the way this game is gonna play out, I have I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we are ahead or behind towards the end of the game. But I, I do know that Dan Agi will certainly be on the pitch for the last 15, 20 minutes, no matter what happens. And he's very, very lively as anybody saw um, in the Pompey game. He runs um, the channels very well. He plays off the last man. He's strong. He's quick. He's pretty hectic um, in his style of play. You don't really quite know. He's very unpredictable in terms of what he's going to do, but he's got a lot of skill um, and he makes intelligent runs and he's 13 to two to be the last goal scorer and whether it's Oxford holding on to a lead and Wickham chasing the game and him running in behind whether it's Oxford chasing the game um I think you'll get a good run for your money because he's a very lively player who will be on the pitch for that last 20 minutes so 13 to two Dan Adji and he's got a decent scoring record he comes off the bench a lot but he scored three goals in his last six or seven sub appearances
0: um so yeah that's my my angle for Monday Hey, that was nice. I'm glad I got uh, up early for this. Um, before we go, could you remind me and the listener what your selections are uh, ahead of this weekend's docket? I slate. slates. Um, <laughs> Wigan is the nap.
1: Brentford and uh, Forrest, the other two. No goal scorer in the game this afternoon between Huddersfield and Luton. And then Dan Adji. Last goal scorer at Wembley. What a moment that's going to be. I hope it's not a consolation.
0: (laughs) Okay, nice. Well, I am uh, taking a trip with Nathan Jones to Huddersfield this weekend. I want Luton double chance. So I get the draw. I get the Luton win. That's evens with Hills and Bet Victor. I'm also backing Harry Cornick to score the first goal in that game at 11 to 1. Um, and as for other goal scorers Murray Wallace, 70 to one the Millwall Defender get on that for sure with any Jake Cooper winnings from last week uh, and Jason Pierce Charlton center back to score first in their game this weekend at 40 to one best price uh, make sure you're getting best price by the way with bets uh, using odds checker. and uh, also, This would be a good time to remind you that the Going Up, Going Down podcast that we do for The Athletic is a marvellous piece of work. Uh, And if you haven't listened to it yet, then get on it. Because we gave a rundown of everything that happened in the championship in midweek, which might be handy to catch you up ahead of the weekend. We also spoke to Oxford manager Carl Robinson ahead of the League One playoff final. So give that a go. We will obviously be reviewing the championship weekend on Monday together in person. NTT 20 made flesh for the first time in a long time. Uh, And then who knows what we'll do about the League One playoff final. Maybe a review pod on Monday if George is up for it. Uh, Otherwise, maybe I'll just do a monologue. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, Thanks so much for listening to the pod. Please do share if you enjoy it. Always helps us out a lot. And uh, best of luck with any bets this weekend.